What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to a bonus episode of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Armor up with body armor, drink your combo shakes. Combo Nation, we are out here. Today's show, streetball legend and former NBA player, Rafer Austin, a.k.a. Skip to my Lou, returns to Combo's Court. A great conversation. Think you will enjoy. Appreciate all my listeners from Brooklyn to Bulgaria and everywhere in between. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. You guys are the best, man. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Shout out to the Spotify community as well. We see you. You can follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca on the track. Uh, thank you, thank you. So yeah, man, your former coach um, Jeff Van Gundy recently made some news, uh, saying that on a broadcast he actually said they should explore the option of um, trading LeBron. Man, do you feel like that would be in the Lakers' best interest? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. tough because of uh, you know, it's just one year you just got him, and uh, you know, you you knew it was gonna be shaky the first year. You you know, I know they didn't think they wouldn't make the playoffs, but it, you know, you knew it would be some ups and downs. But I also understand some some people are saying that, you know, and, you know, I guess it's from a standpoint, whereas, you know, you don't know if you're going to be able to put those type of plays around around him in free agency. You definitely can't get that in the draft that's going to come in right away to, to help you win the championship. There's going to be some plays that are, you know, veteran plays that have been been through this. Right. I even hear people saying that they would trade LeBron for, like, a number one pick or for a Zion. You think they should just go in full rebuild mode at this point? I don't think so, man. I think they should still give it a shot with LeBron. They have a four-year commitment with him. I'm not sure. You know, that's a good question. Yeah. I'm not sure what they should do. It's tough, man. It's a tough situation. I see. Like I said, you can see it from both sides. You, you know, you just, you know, because if you do get Zion, it's going to take you having possibly to to trade up, and you only at your biggest asset to trade is LeBron to try to get Zion. Um, you know, then you can start from scratch, start from scratch, and, and try to see where um, the next couple of years, you know, the development, the process. But you know, again, if you have LeBron on your team, this has to happen now and right away. You have to win now. You know, Adam Silver was recently in an interview saying that like NBA players are generally unhappy. You know, in every prof- in every profession, there's unhappy and happy people. Did you feel that like? When you were in the league, your friends that were in the league were more unhappy than your friends out of it, or was it like was it similar? Like how how was that when you were in the league? Did you just see a well, lot of unhappy it, people it, around you? You know, it's 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 to a default if they're unhappy. I mean, one thing you gotta remember, they they love the game. You know, they're gonna work hard and they're gonna go out there and play and try to win every night, every even in practice. Guys are competing hard and working their behinds off out there. It, it's not it's from a default standpoint, meaning it's 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 because of contracts. 
You know, some people, right. you know, you're, some people are unhappy from a competitive standpoint and from a contract contracting standpoint, or both. You know, from a from a or both from, from a competitive yeah. standpoint, you could be unhappy because hey, you, you're, minute, you're you're not playing a lot of minutes. You know, there's plays that's, that's probably unhappy. You know, on teams, you know what? Because they're such a competitor that that you want to be on the floor, and they're not they're not on the floor to the minutes that they think they should be or that they that they like. You yeah. Know, from a, and then you have plays that are, you know. Could, that possibly are, are in situations where, you know, like Anthony Davis who's gone out there putting up all-star caliber first-team NBA numbers and you're, you're, you're not going to the playoffs or you're, you're just scratching the playoff services by getting the eighth seed. So and you're, you're out of the playoffs in the first round, stuff like that, or second round. So, you know, from, from that standpoint, somebody could be unhappy because they just want to win. They want to win by, by you know, they want to win a championship. You know, speaking of minutes, you know, there, there's even some players now that uh, want less minutes in a way or telling them like this whole thing with load management. When you were playing, there wasn't as much load management. Like, I guess they had like flu-like symptoms, which weren't always flu-like symptoms. If a franchise asked you, Rayford, we need you to sit down. Uh, we're trying to tank pretty much. How would you feel about all that? You'd be disappointed. You're disappointed yeah. because you're, you're, you're a winner. And then winning drives you every night that you take the floor. No matter what your record is, no matter if you're out of the playoff hunt, a picture, you're still driven to win, and you're still gonna go to win. Um, it's almost as if, it's almost like you. If that was the case, you should have told me that a while ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if I'm out here busting my behind, I'm working hard every day, keep my body, my mind ready to go every day and every night, and you're telling me that you know, we really want to lose games. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't. Tanking is to me, it's always been bad, and terrible. Just the thought of it. I think it builds a bad culture. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I what about the fan base? Like, what the fan base? They play a major part in tanking because now if they just stop coming and say, "Well, we'll we'll come to your games in five years when you're supposed to be good." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. What if they say, "Okay, we got what a fan say." We hey, look, no, we're, we're gonna tank. We'll tank the next two or three years, not buying our seats, and, 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 and you know, when and hope shall be good in five, four or five years. You know what I mean? Now it's just hard to pay players. Yeah, it's funny. So it like goes, I, to me, it goes hand in hand. Right. It worked. It worked with like I guess it worked with the Sixers, but then you also see teams like the Clippers, who you know they just they're doing it the right way. You know, even when they lost, they traded Tobias. They didn't really tank. They they just made the playoffs. You know, I, I like the way but Doc's doing that over there. But something some some people they don't process is from the point of where they're at. You know, so they don't they they they'll moves. To, to keep them right there as a playoff contender team. And they just know and understand they need a piece or two to make them a championship caliber team. But some, some teams, they don't want to go below that threshold. You know, last time we were on this podcast, uh, it made some waves with Isaiah Washington. There's also another kid, um, Javon Quinterly, that aren't, they're not getting too much burn. The season's over now, but what would be your advice to them now? Since unfortunately th- their situation's kind of regressed. Just keep working. You gotta yeah. keep working. There's nothing, there's nothing to do. You know what I mean? Again, my thing to those guys, man, is that they're not the only ones in those situations. You know, and it's how you handle it. Handle it is determine where you're gonna, you know, come out of this. And for them, they, they they're good enough to understand and figure out. Uh, just continue to work hard. Continue to be coachable, and and just you know focus on what what the, the team and 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 what the university, the coach, the head coach at those universities want 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 from you. And go out there and, and, and get it done. And in the midst of that, you can incorporate your skills, uh, you know, in, a, in the scheme of the teamwork. 
Yeah, so and, 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 you know, it's, to me, I still think they'll be okay. They're still they're still young. One is gonna be a sophomore. One's gonna be a junior. <laughs> so they right. Still got some time. I got two years. One has three. You know. Yeah. No one ever said they were. No one ever said that they were one and done. It's yeah. It's funny. It's like so that's it's, what people understand. No one ever said that they're one and done. So it's yeah, gonna, it's, gonna take them, it's gonna take them a year or two, and then I guess that's what a lot of college coaches who were recruiting those players at the time they were high school phenoms. They understood. I agree with you 100%. I feel like in this day and age, we're just a prisoner of the moment. Like, even everything we're talking about today, like, should the Lakers trade LeBron? You know, it's funny because a few years back, they were saying Doc Rivers. It was, like, problems with Doc Rivers. Last year, Brad Stevens was the greatest coach ever, and now he's having issues. You know, when Luke was was with the Warriors, they were saying he's the next big thing, and now they're kind of down on him. I feel like we have to look at everybody's career in a in a broad perspective. You know, I feel like we're just prisoners of the moment in this day and age. It makes for stories every day, topics. Yeah. So I, sometimes you always remember you used to be we search for topics. Man. That's a, those are big topics. You can make those those that one line or a big topic. You know. So I, when you when you view and look at some of these plays and coaching situations from year to year, and what people are saying about them, it's it's like going from one extreme to the next. Like you're saying, so you consider one last year this coach should, is, is one of the best in the game, and then the, next, the very next year he, you consider him one of the worst. To me, it just makes for a story because we know deep down that those they didn't drop from one extreme to the next that fast. I mean, exactly. They may yeah. not view him as, like whoever it is. They may not view that person as the best player or best coach that year from, from the next. But we know they're not the worst. Most you know, definitely, they have taken a slight step back. And then remember this: you're only as good as your, your from a coach's standpoint. Your talent pool that's on your team. Hey, you you only can go with what you have. So, um, to me, I tell my I had a lot of coaching. Coaching, you know, coaching is it's tough. Coaching is tough, especially in the NBA yeah, with yeah, all that know, media high, and it's high players and dealing with so many different personalities. Um, it's tough, and especially in the big markets like LA and New York. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta win. I mean, every every place wants to win. Every organization, city wants to win. It's tougher in those markets. Yeah, well, we well we just talked about tanking. Do they all want to win? Because, I mean, the Lakers just won a few games, and um, who else? Actually, I see the Hornets won a few games. So who knows what's going on with those organizations? Well, you, know, you don't classify as tanking. You know, what I mean, the Lakers. Yeah. That's not tanking. It's already set. some people start to tank, and when it's still forty or fifty games left, like, you know what? <laughs> you yeah, to, that is crazy. You know, so something when you start to you talk about the last two weeks of a season tanking, that's not tanking. You are you already where you at? <laughs> You know, right. you're, you're already slotted, almost slotted where you're where you're, where you're going to be for the season. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, looking at the rookie of the year race, um, I thought Luca was going to be the best player uh, last year's draft. I always talk about this. My listeners are sick of me talking about Luca already. But um, who do you f- and Trey's coming on strong now? Who do you feel will, will will be the better NBA player in the future? Although they'll both be great, obviously. They both be good. It's 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 you know they're gonna be good for their team, and that's what that's what that's what matters the most. It's just be good right. for the team that you're playing for. You know, and, uh, we all gonna have our thoughts and expectations, and you know, uh, this person he should be this, he should be that. No, he should be as good as he can be for that team that they're playing on. That to me, those players are gonna be fine this league. They're already showing great promise, uh, having great rookie seasons. Uh, they fought through the the long season, which they're not accustomed to. You know. Coming out of college, one comes from overseas, so 
they, they've shown that, that their bodies are ready for that. And, and I think that, that they'll be okay going forward. Going back to Zion, do you think he'll make an immediate impact in the NBA or it'll take us some time to adjust? To me, I still look at the fact that they're going to be, he's going to be young and, and, and people are going to have the expectation of immediate impact. And for me, if he doesn't, I'm still, I'm still okay with it. I'm still on board with his NBA development. You know, right. game, you're playing against different athletes, stronger, you know, uh, just as athletic. You know, so you, you got to, um, Are they just as athletic, though? I, I think he would be an above-average athlete in the league. You have a few. I'm just saying you have a few. Yeah. Not every, yeah. I mean, the, the overall landscape, but no, he'll be one of – if the athletic – most athletic or if one up. What makes them good is they, you know, they, they've been in the league already, and their IQ. The IQ of the game is going to be a little bit uh, higher than his. Right. But to me, if he does make an impact, we're all going to be expecting that. If he doesn't, well, I look at it as he's young and he still has some NBA growth. That's all I'll tell you. He got NBA growth. Yeah. I feel like the game fits him well. It's going to be so wide open. I feel like he's just going to wake up with, like, 15 points just in transition, moving without the ball, his energy, his athleticism. Uh, yeah, I, I think the open court and, and, and the rules help him. Sure help him. Right, right, exactly. Skip, thanks for being here, man. You're always welcome back. Thanks for jumping on the show. Man, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. There it is, another bonus episode of Combo's Court. Big shouts to Rafer for joining in. We appreciate you. It would mean the world to me if you left a five-star rating and let me know how you feel about this episode right on the comment section of your Apple Podcast app. Don't forget to smash down on that subscribe button as well. Be on the lookout for episode 54. Combo out.